Welcome to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. I hope and pray that this finds each of you doing better, feeling better, spirits lifted. I know that millions and millions of people have been praying that we can find a vaccine, find help so we can see a cessation of this virus and see better days. Uh, to all of my brothers and sisters at the Scotts Fork Christian Church, many of them uh, are older and not able to get out. And I hope and pray these messages that we bring each Lord's Day, that they are a blessing to you, a help to all of us uh, in life. We all need each other, and we need to try to encourage each other. And so uh, today we're going to talk about a subject entitled, Milk and Meat, Moving Toward Christian Maturity. I cannot say enough about the book of Hebrews. Uh, we are returning to uh, the study of the book of Hebrews. We had some different messages for the past number of weeks because of the virus, but have now returned to preaching from Hebrews. And today we're going to be reading Hebrews 5, 14, and also 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 11. This is such an important subject that we are talking about. We know many things about our beloved Lord. We know that he is our best friend. We know that he is a great encourager, that he's the healer, that he is the uh, giver of every good and every perfect gift, and on and on we could go. But one of the things that I admire so much is that he was and is a masterful teacher. I know teachings can match the teachings found from the lips of our Lord in the Holy Bible. And so today I want to ask you a question or two as we begin our message. Where do you consider yourself in life? I would like to think that a lot of people during this time dealing with the virus have done a lot of thinking about their lives, done a lot of thinking about life. Where am I in life? Uh, what have I done with my life? And what do I want to do with my life? And when we read what we're going to read today, it talks about the importance of seeking to be a mature person for the greatest individual in the world, and that is Jesus Christ. I would submit to you this morning that merits and merits and merits of our problems in our world would be solved, would never, bad things would not have happened had we sought after we became a Christian to grow in Christ, have a relationship with Christ, talk with Christ, pray to Christ, walk with Christ, and the blessings that would follow would be so many. I'm going to read, first of all, from 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, starting in verse 1, and read through verse 11. Listen to the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, and you are not worldly, are you not acting like mere humans? 
For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? Where, after all, is Apollos? And where is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Paul, uh, apostle, watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's fill, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Tremendous teaching. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. And then over in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, in verse 14, and Paul is talking to them about the importance of staying in a relationship with Christ. And he says in the fifth chapter, in verse 14, but solid food is, good, is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. A little baby comes in the world, beautiful face, hands and feet, just a beautiful baby. And in many ways, we would like that baby to stay somewhat little so we could hold the baby in our arms and that we could enjoy the little one. But we know if, if nature and if things go as they ought to go, that that little baby needs to grow. He or she needs to develop uh, physically, uh, emotionally, socially, uh, spiritually. All of these things need to take place so that the little individual it could go on to maturity. Sometimes I've seen in my years in the ministry that somebody thinks that if they obey the scheme of, of salvation and are baptized into Christ, I've done it, I'm, I'm great, and they kind of see it maybe as an end uh, to all things that they need to do. But my friends, there is a great, great need. If you and I really want to be salt, want to be light, to help the little boys and girls in our world, to help the young couples, to help the elderly and all, it is absolutely, totally necessary that we seek to grow in our relationship with Christ. Maybe a couple of good questions to ask ourselves every day. How much have I talked to the one who loves me so how much have I thought about his kingdom? How much have I thought about the need of others? How much have I done for others? How much have I thought about my local church? How much have I prayed for the church? So many important questions. And so when we look at this particular portion of Scripture, we understand without question that God wants his church, his children, to grow in their relationship to Christ. Uh, as we look at this in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he mentions that 
about hunger. And we know that there are many people still even today, thank God for that, who hunger for the great teachings of the scriptures. And Paul shares a concern for those who fail to seek this maturity we're going to talk about. Chapter 3 begins with a reproach to believers since Paul could speak to them only as infants. I've had to feed you with milk and not with solid food because you couldn't digest anything stronger. God wants you to grow, and that is for your benefit. God wants me to grow. That's for my benefit. He wants us to move beyond the elementary stage of milk into maturity and the meaning of meat. However, as we strive for a deeper spiritual life, there are truths in growing maturity we might do well to remember. There's a a couple of things that I want to mention as we talk about moving toward maturity, moving milk and meat, and moving on to uh, Christian maturity. Uh, A couple of things that we need to keep in mind. And before I start mentioning these, let's just all ask ourselves, do I love my Lord more today than I did three months ago? Do I understand more of his holy word? Do I have a desire to share the love of Christ with a world which is so, so troubled? Many people saying, I wish that I had that peace that passes all understanding. Many people saying, I wish I had joy. You know, we used to sing when we went to vacation Bible school, I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart. Do we have that joy? I believe with all my heart we can have it, but I don't believe many have it. When, and a great way to share in that joy is to grow in our maturity and see the greatness of the greatest book in the world, the Holy Bible, to see the greatness of Jesus Christ, to realize that he is a friend of all friends. But there are some things that we need to note as we talk about this matter of maturity. The first step into, into maturity is to recognize some distortions to faith we will meet in our spiritual walk. First, I want us to see, is the feeling that what we hear in our present church isn't truly meat. Friends, uh, as a minister, uh, I've seen this, and it's so sad. So many times I've seen people uh, just literally had a very critical spirit, and that's sad. Uh, I, I just encourage you in life to realize that behavior is learned and it's so important to do all that we can not to be a person who has a critical spirit. The thought arises, person might say to you, while you'll never find good teaching enough here, what they preach isn't mature. You have grown beyond them and uh, you need to look elsewhere till you find meat. I've watched people over the years, and bless their sweethearts, they seemingly are continually restless. And some people spend a lifetime jumping from church to church, seeking rainbows or windmills, never recognizing they already possess God's message where they are. And so what we notice here is Paul stresses that the place where we grow is probably not the primary factor for our spiritual maturity. We read about Paul, we read about Apollos, what they did, that we should be the cause of uh, behavior. We ju- we're just God's servants, each of us with surf- 
special abilities. And with our help, uh, Paul, uh, to the church, uh, you believe. My work was to plant seed in your hearts. Apollos' work was to water, but it was God, not we who made the garden grow in your heart. The spiritual and scriptural message is this, friends. If you and I have grown in some area of our faith beyond milk and are ready for meat, we must teach that insight we have gained to those less mature, rather than merely seeking more meat for ourselves. A thing that's so important to see. You can look, and I stand up on Sunday morning, and I look out, and I see people I've had the privilege to baptize into Christ, and I know they're just starting on their journey. And then I can look out, and I can see people that are very, very versed in God's Word, not only know and have read God's Word, but are practicing God's Word and making a difference. And so what we need to see that... uh, uh, The main thing is, I repeat it again, if you and I have grown in some area of our faith beyond milk and are ready for meat, we must teach that insight we have gained to those less mature rather than merely seeking more meat for ourselves. And there's another thing I've noticed in this uh, particular teaching about maturity is uh, the second distortion that can attack true maturity is the feeling that meat must be different than milk. Now, we began to believe that if a truth isn't different, if it isn't new, then it isn't meat. Friends, that's how cults grow in today's society. They say, what you have learned in the past is immature. Come and hear our teaching, because our teaching is new. It is intellectual, and it makes sense to the modern mind. Newness is not a requirement for spiritual meat. Often it is that simple childhood faith that God intends as the meat for our lives. And then a third distortion could be the feeling that we have grown in our lives into a level of superior truth. Friends, even as I have studied this portion of Scripture in Corinthians and Hebrews, I have learned things that have seen things that I had not seen before. And so, so many times uh, uh, you see people who seemingly reflect that they have a superior knowledge. One time I had a a man to say to some people about some leadership, and he said, what they know could be put in a thimble and space left over. And I have pondered that for years and years, and I thought how unchristian that was. He thought he had superior truth. He thought he was so much more knowledgeable You know what my response would be, and I believe it's a a right response, if I thought I had that much knowledge and I felt there were people who really didn't know that much, I would seek to try to help them to grow to greater maturity rather than stomping them in the ground and rather uh, being hateful about it. A third distortion that uh, could be uh, could be the feeling that we have grown in our lives into a level that uh, is that we think of ourselves maybe too highly. I say this kindly. I once knew a man, and fairly often he would share with me that uh, he uh, had read the Bible through I forget how many different times. And now I listen to that, and and then I would think to myself, and the Bible tells us, "By their fruit you shall know them," and 
his behavior as a Christian did not reflect. That he, he had read it, he had head knowledge, but he really did not understand it. And that is so sad. We need to be do all we can to know the word and then to share it with the right attitude. And we need to know the word and our actions need to prove and show to the world that we uh, uh, love people and know the word. It's essential to grow in our relationship with Christ. Growing for the sake of growing is not the intention of God. God expects the growth to lead us to more Christ-like living. Growing merely to grow can drive a wedge between us and God. Now, the second thing that I want us to see is uh, the second step in our move toward maturity is to remember that familiarity can limit mastering God's message. A lot of times, maybe, and even myself with this message, we read it and read it and read it, preached messages about it, taught it in Sunday school and so forth, and we become so familiar we think we have arrived. But I would submit to you many times that you can read some verses that you've read many a time and kept reading them and looked in commentaries, looked in all kinds of resources, and find a truth that is so powerful. And had you uh, realized that a, a, a particular portion of Scripture could become so familiar uh, that you would stop researching it. And so familiarity can many times close our minds to really growing in a deeper understanding uh, of the word. For instance, in the book of Hebrews here, and this book we're studying from, is for years after I would preach a sermon, I would offer an invitation. And this is where Paul said to the Hebrew Christians, how shall I escape? if I neglect or if you neglect so great a salvation. And I was saying that to individuals, if they were there and they had not committed themselves to Christ, how will you escape? Well, that was incorrect exegeting of the scriptures. What Paul was saying is to the Christians, how shall you escape? You who are Christians, if you neglect the great salvation. Friends, uh, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. To realize the profoundness of studying the Bible, gathering with the saints together. And I believe with all of my heart, you can tell when a congregation is seeking to do what is right, is trying to have boys and girls, men and women, you can tell that. And certainly God would teach us the value, the merit of meeting together. And sometimes we can learn from some that we might regard as the most unlikely that we can learn from. Meeting together, say, Spirit, lead us, lead our hearts, and lead our minds. And then there's a third thing that I want us to see in developing maturity, is to remember that one person's meat may be another person's milk. You see, Paul faced this with the Corinthian congregation. In the second chapter of his letter, he reports jealousy and quarreling among the believers. And he points out instances of unhealthy pride regarding an individual's experience and background. And he criticizes efforts to build a spiritual relationship with second-rate labor and for attention. He points out how the actions of some shame God's temple in the body. In other words, Paul reminds the church of areas of spiritual blindness in their individual lives. No doubt there were individuals in the congregation ready for meat, his audience was composed of the active leadership of the church. However, like most of any church, those leaders had areas in their spiritual lives where they were mature and areas where they struggled in spiritual or in spiritual childhood. 
So what you see here when we look at all of this, when we gather together, and that's the merit, is that if God has blessed you with people to help you to grow, to understand the beautiful words of life, and you see someone, and by the again, I'll use the thought, by the fruits you shall know them, and you uh, gather that they really do not know a lot about uh, the scriptures, rather than putting them down, take it as an opportunity to try to help them to grow in Christ and grow together into a great, great congregation. Every message, and when we preach from the pulpit, every message contains for every person some milk, some meat, and opportunities for prayer and direction. I just encourage you, friends, in life, not to be a critical person. Uh, it seems like the, the fellow who went uh, to the foreign field, and he knew there were a lot, a lot of people there, and he thought while he was there, he might be able to, he was in the business of selling shoes. And so this particular uh, firm sent him to uh, a foreign country, and he went and hadn't been there any time at all, and he got a message back to the States. He said, there's no need for me to stay here. Nobody wears shoes, and uh, so the, I'm not going to have any luck selling shoes. So he came home. Then another fellow went back, and he hadn't been there any time at all. He calls back to the firm, and he said, my goodness, nobody wears shoes. He said, I should be able to sell thousands and thousands of pairs of shoes because no one has shoes perspective and how we look at it but always i have seen in everything we do that as we seek to grow to maturity and i wish i'd had this pointed out to me early in my ministry and i'm paraphrasing what it says in the book of james listen a lot speak little and slow to get angry that's a great sign of maturity when we are trying to help our brothers and sisters, trying to make for a better world, that we listen a lot. And I don't mean to be cute by saying this. Maybe that's why God gave us two ears and, uh, and one mouth. It's intended for us to do twice as much listening as we do speaking. There are so many needs, and we can do so, so much. We can do so much, but we need God's leading, and we need to stay close to him. We can look at all these things that we're talking about, and we understand that it happens uh, that we grow when we really seek a relationship with Christ. You and I have heard the milk of forgiveness. We know God's requirement. Why should we expect God's meat of, meat of peace uh, in life until we deal with the milk of forgiveness and cleanse the bitterness we are hiding? You and I have heard the milk of living pure lives. We know God wants us to act right. Why expect to God to multiply his blessings until we begin the practice of the pure living he expects? As the scripture said in Hebrews 5.14, solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Friends, the fields are white unto harvest, and God has invited us to his table to learn his word and when we do there will be some meat uh, because that's what we need to be ready for and there will be some milk sit down try them all and you may well find that them the best meat you have ever shared a world out there is saying i give anything in the world to have peace of mind 
Friends, you know as well as I do, peace treaty after peace treaty after peace treaty after peace treaty has been written over the annals of time. So much has been done, and we will never, never, never have peace in our hearts, peace of mind, until we make up our minds to be a student of the Word, not only learn the Word, but put our faith into action and then also to realize uh, the, the powerfulness of praying, praying earnestly and fervently, and seeking to do what is right in all things. Right always adds up to right. Good uh, or evil never adds up to good. Uh, we know as we go back into the Old Testament, it speaks about uh, that uh, people have got the place that they were calling good evil, and evil good, that's where we are today. Friends, can I encourage you to do as Paul did as he wrote to the Corinthian church, as Paul wrote to the Hebrew Christians, to seek to grow. Grow from milk and go on into the meat of the word so that you can give an answer for the hope we have in Christ. Let us pray. Our Father, we continue to pray for our nation, for our entire world. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. We pray they can know your comfort. We pray, Lord, for uh, the leaders of our land. And, Lord, we know the needs are many. But, Lord, there's no greater need than a spiritual need. And, Lord, we pray that we will find ourselves praying for the salvation of the world, that people can come to know this Christ that can help us to grow and know how to act. We know that when that which is above us is living and abiding within us, we're less apt to succumb to that which is about us. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Help us to be salt and light in this very important time. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.